This is Jeff Ords, the president of Gateway Seminary, and your host for the Lead On podcast, where each week we talk about practical issues of ministry leadership. If I were to list the first prayer that I pray most often, and if I were to uh, keep account of the first prayer that most leaders pray, I think it would be this prayer, Lord, give me wisdom. That is a very common prayer, and it's a good prayer. The Bible tells us to pray for wisdom, and so it's a good prayer. It's a good prayer for leaders, but the whole issue of gaining wisdom uh, became important to me a few years ago when I was participating in a leadership meeting in which uh, I was part of a consulting group trying to help uh, then Golden Gate Seminary in its shaping and training of future leaders. The president at the time, Dr. Bill Cruz, convened us as a group uh, to talk about some significant issues. And one of the issues that came up was uh, the issue of developing wisdom in leaders. And one of the men on the task force, who was a CEO of a very large company, said, well, I, I look for wisdom in people that I hire, but a person either has wisdom or they don't. It's not something you can teach someone else. Well... I leaned back in my chair and thought, do I agree with that? Now, this was a very a successful leader and a very strong personality that was making this statement. But I wondered, is, is he right? Do people either have wisdom or not have wisdom? Are you either born with it or not? Is it possible to develop wisdom? In other words, can you become the answer to your own prayer? When you pray, God, give me wisdom, has God already given you the means by which you can increase your wisdom? And so as I leaned back in my chair that day and thought about this dilemma, I decided to do what I do best (laughs) in solving problems, and that is go to the Bible and see what it has to say. When I do that, I typically come up with a pretty good answer. And so I went to the Bible and asked the question, what does it say about gaining wisdom? Well, the Bible answers the question, can wisdom be learned with a resounding yes? Let me give you some evidence. First, Jesus grew in wisdom. In Luke 2.52, the Bible says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew in wisdom. That means that he had a capacity for developing this Uh, asset, and he modeled developing that character quality of wisdom throughout his lifetime. Another way the Bible answers this question, yes, is in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 2, it lists the first purpose of the book of Proverbs, which is attaining wisdom, or so that the reader can attain wisdom. Now, the First chapter of Proverbs goes on to list a number of different reasons for the book, but the very first one is gaining wisdom. So can wisdom be learned? Well, yes, Jesus grew in wisdom, and the book of Proverbs was written so that we might gain or attain wisdom. And then in the book of Proverbs, we are admonished repeatedly uh, to get wisdom. Now, the Bible would not tell us to get something or to obtain something if it were not possible for us to do that. And so we know that we can get wisdom or we can attain wisdom. 
And then finally, the book of Proverbs portrays wisdom as being openly available. Now, in Proverbs, the uh, the, the you know sometimes concepts like folly or wisdom are personified by a person. In, in this case, in Proverbs, it's usually a woman. And it says that the woman wisdom is crying out in the streets, that she's at the top of the high places of the city calling out for people to come to her. So wisdom is portrayed as being openly available. So in answer to the question, can wisdom be learned, this evidence is presented. Jesus grew in wisdom. The book of Proverbs was written that we might gain wisdom. The book of Proverbs tells us to get wisdom. And Proverbs is, or excuse me, wisdom is portrayed throughout Proverbs as being openly available. In fact, it's portrayed as calling out for us to come and learn or to experience what it has to offer. So can wisdom be learned? Yes. So if you're praying for wisdom, and I hope you are, you should also be doing specific things that contribute to the answer to your own prayer. Now, before we get to what some of those things might be, let me tell you that as a part of my study, when I made my wisdom study, I uh, analyzed every verse of Scripture in the Bible that uses the word wise or wisdom. And I grouped them, categorized them, brought them together, and found out that the Bible has some themes that it communicates, and, uh, and those themes are interwoven throughout as you collect what it has to say about wisdom. So, for example, there are seven sources of wisdom described in the Bible. Of course, God is a source. The fear of God is a source. The word of God and the, work, the works of God are all sources of wisdom. And then uh, parents are a source of wisdom. Wise people are a source of wisdom. And finally, uh, observing nature and seeing how it works can be a source of wisdom. So these are places the Bible says that you can gain wisdom or you can get wisdom. You get it from God, from fearing God, from the word of God, from observing the works of God, from parents, from other wise people, and from nature and seeing how it functions, works together, and what you can learn from that. Now, the Bible also describes in very plain terms, in fact, in quite extensive terms, the characteristics of a wise person. Now, I won't go through all the scripture verses for all of these because there's many, many, many verses, but uh, there are at least 15 character qualities listed in the Bible of a wise person. A wise person fears God, speaks carefully, is a lifelong learner, they're prudent, they gain knowledge, they have discretion, they're open to correction, they demonstrate discernment. They witness the gospel and win the lost to faith in Christ. They build their family. A wise person controls anger, demonstrates honor, and is morally pure. A wise person has good relationships with parents and uses time appropriately. Now, those are all qualities that are associated with being wise in the Bible. And so when you pray for wisdom, what you're actually praying for is that these qualities will be developed in your life and that you'll have the capacity to bring those qualities forward in decision-making. Now, the Bible also describes a person who's lacking in wisdom. And these are what I call four red flags to look for. In Proverbs 1.7, the Bible says a person who lacks wisdom lacks discipline. Or you might say a person who lacks wisdom is demonstrates that by their compulsive behavior, by their 
by their inability to control what they do and by being compulsively involved in things they should not be doing. Uh, drunkenness or any addiction, you might say, is a, la- is a demonstration of lack of wisdom. You find that in Proverbs 20, verse 1. And then in Proverbs 21, 20, uh, a lack of wisdom is related to being a spendthrift or being financially irresponsible. And then finally, in Proverbs 15, 12, uh, a person lacking wisdom resents correction, resists uh, uh, any kind of uh, direction, and so you might say that they, that they are arrogant rather than wise. So a person lacking wisdom is trapped by compulsive behavior, finds themselves involved in addictive behavior, is irresponsible in their use of resources, and resents correction and is arrogant about the fact that they always know what's best. Now, the Bible goes on to describe true wisdom and false wisdom and make uh, a clear dichotomy between God's wisdom and the world's wisdom. So we can pray for wisdom. We can learn from various sources of wisdom that the Bible describes. We're developing character qualities that reveal that we are wise people, and we're resisting those negative qualities that are connected with a lack of wisdom. That leads us to this question. What is wisdom? How do you define it then if you put all of this together? Well, I think a very good, simple, one-sentence definition is finding, God, uh, finding God's guidance and applying it to complex life situations. Finding God's guidance and applying that guidance uh, through those biblical principles that you've discovered to complex life situations. So wisdom is more than proof texting or memorizing a verse that solves every problem. Wisdom is being able to look to God for guidance, understand the complexity of his word, and apply what it has to say into difficult life situations. That's what wisdom is really about. So now we get to answering that question that got me started from the beginning. With this kind of basic biblical background in mind, how can we grow in wisdom? Well, number one, Acknowledge that true wisdom comes only from God. Recognizing that there is a system of worldly wisdom at work around us that's trying to contradict us, trying to distract us, trying to get us off track. Recognize that and stand against it. Consciously reject worldly wisdom and intentionally seek out God's wisdom. Seek that wisdom in prayer, first of all, and in other ways I'm going to describe in just a moment. Intentionally adopting a Christian worldview means that you make a choice to reject the world we live in and what it stands for and the supposed wisdom that it puts forward, and you say, I'm going to develop God's wisdom through God's word, and I'm going to pray that God will enable me to be wise in every situation. I acknowledge that true wisdom comes only from God. I reject the worldly wisdom around me, and I choose a Christian worldview and to implement that in every situation. So the first step in growing in wisdom is to acknowledge that true wisdom comes only from God. The second step is establish, establish a spiritual foundation for wisdom in your life. Now, the first aspect of this is becoming a Christian. The Bible says that uh, people who know Jesus, who know God through Jesus Christ, have the capacity for wisdom, and those who do not are trapped in the darkness of their own minds and in the darkness of their thinking, and they are not going to be able to demonstrate or live out a life of wisdom. So, first, you got to be a Christian. But most of you listening to this podcast probably are. So what are the ways that you can establish this spiritual foundation for wisdom in your life? Well, 
Of course, becoming a Christian is foundational, step one, but the second foundation stone, of course, is praying for wisdom. And I've already mentioned that. The Bible tells us to pray for wisdom, and we should pray for wisdom, and most leaders do pray for wisdom. In fact, as I've said, it's like my number one prayer request as a leader, and it's the number one thing I hear other leaders say when you're, in, when you, when you're asked, how can I pray for you? Pray for wisdom that I'll make right decisions and know what to do. So become a Christian and then pray for wisdom, and then finally, uh, read the Bible and study the Bible to develop the understanding of what the Word of God says about life. Now, let me be even more specific about that when it comes to developing wisdom. There's two things that I've done that have helped me more than any other aspect of Bible reading in developing wisdom. The first one was a challenge I accepted when I was 17 years old. Uh, My uh, mentor at the time challenged me to read the book of Proverbs every day. Now, what he said was, uh, the Proverbs uh, book of Proverbs has 31 chapters, and uh, most months of the year have either 30 or 31 days. And so he said, do this, read the book of Proverbs every month, and read the chapter that corresponds with the day of the month. So if it's, if it's the, uh, October the 9th, you read the 9th chapter of Proverbs. If it's September 23rd, you read the 23rd chapter of Proverbs. So whatever day of the month it is, that's the chapter that you read. And if you miss chapters, you don't go back. You just read the chapter for that particular day. And if you do this over a year's length of time, you'll have read through the Proverbs uh, at least, say, 10 or 11 times. And depending on how consistent you are, uh, you'll have read through all the book multiple times, even when you've skipped chapters and had to go uh, and catch them the following month when you read them on that next month's day. So when I was 17, I was challenged to read the book of Proverbs, and I was taught that if I would do this, I would gain wisdom. Well, I did that. In fact, I did it for 13 years. I read the book of Proverbs, the proverb for the course, the, the chapter of Proverbs corresponding with the day of the month from the time I was 17 until the time I was 30. Now, um, when I was in my 30s, uh, my oldest son said to me one day, Dad, you always seem to think about every problem from like God's perspective. And I said, well, son, thanks for the compliment. I wish, I, I wish that was true. He said, no, really, no matter what comes up, uh, you try to, to bring the Bible to bear on that problem, even complex, difficult ones where there's no like certain verse that says what you should do. And I said, well, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And he said, well, Dad, my question is, how do you do that? How, how did you learn to do that? And I said, well, um, I, read the book, I read the book of Proverbs for 13 years, and it profoundly changed my thinking about life, and it gave me so much information that just uh, uh, shapes my decision-making, and really it's a great source of wisdom, and that's how I did it. So he said, well, what, what do you mean exactly? And, I, and so I taught him how to read the book of Proverbs with the corresponding day of the month, etc., Well, some more years went by, and now my son got to be in his early 20s, and one day um, he was uh, complimented in his work by his secular supervisor for his wisdom and for his insight into problem solving, and my son was telling me about this, and I was congratulating him on getting this good review and getting a promotion from it, and I said, son, how how do you think you learned how to do that? And he goes, well, I did what you told me, and I thought, Okay, I have no idea what he's talking about. I don't remember this conversation. <laughs> I said, well, wh- what do you mean you, you did what I told you? He said, Dad, I've been reading the book of Proverbs every month, just like you taught me, and it has changed the way I think about life. 
And I thought, man, I didn't realize that was that profound of a conversation. But my son had picked up on the idea. And for at that point, probably five or six, seven years, he'd been reading through the book of Proverbs every day and letting it shape the way he thought about life. So one way that you can read and study the Bible that really is specifically related to gaining more wisdom is to read thoroughly the book of Proverbs. Another thing, though, that I've been doing um, more recently uh, is reading about Jesus every day. Now, once I stopped reading the book of Proverbs every day, um, sometime uh, I, I used different Bible reading plans for years, but, but then a few years ago I decided, you know, I really want to refocus again on gaining wisdom, but I don't want to go back to the Proverbs because I feel like I, I've finished with that project. And while I still read the, through the Proverbs occasionally, I'm not reading it that intensely, but I thought, where else can I read in the Bible about how to take the complexities of, uh, or how to, how to address the complexities of life with the truth of Scripture. And I thought, well, no one did that better than Jesus. Jesus was always interfacing with people and bringing the complexities of Scripture to bear on their situation. And so for a number of years, I read consistently through the Gospels on a daily basis, reading at least one or two chapters from a Gospel every day as part of my daily Bible reading. And that reading about Jesus every day also helped shape me and shape the wisdom in my life to be able to deal with complex life situations. Now, as you're reading the Bible, whether it's Proverbs or the Gospels, and you're asking God to work this truth into your life and by doing so, give you greater wisdom, keep a couple of ideas in mind. First, develop an appreciation for the complexity of the Bible and the complexity of life and how those have to come together very carefully. I wish there was a verse in the Bible for every complex life situation, but there's just not. There are, however, principles in the Bible that can be applied in every life situation. And so wisdom is not memorizing a verse for every problem you might face. Wisdom is learning the Bible well enough that you can draw from it the principles you need to apply those in the complexity of the life situation that you're facing. And then second, develop discernment for the principles of the Bible and move beyond proof texting or having to take a verse in only its literal sense and trying to stretch it to apply to a situation for which it really may not fit. It's important to learn principles from Scripture and how those can be applied in life situations. For example, one principle of Scripture is honor your father and mother. But how you do that uh, is very challenging as life unfolds. For example, right now, uh, in our lives, we're getting to the point where we're providing more care for aging parents. And as they age, uh, they, they lose decision-making capacity, they, uh, they lose uh, physical health, uh, they, they, they lose mobility, uh, they may even lo lose some uh, moral filters and, and have to be helped with, some with those kinds of decisions. And so what I'm saying is there, there's no verse in the Bible that tells you exactly what to do in every one of these situations, but there is this principle, honor your father and your mother. And so you ask yourself the question, what would be honorable in this particular situation? Uh, what would bring honor to God? What would bring honor to my parent? What would be the honorable decision that could be made? Not the selfish decision, what would be best for me? Not the financially expedient decision, what would be the cheapest? But the most honorable decision, what would bring honor? And so when I talk about applying principles, I'm saying, simply saying that you take the Bible seriously, and where it speaks directly, you let it speak directly. But where it speaks by principle into your situation, you learn how to apply those principles. So, how do you grow in wisdom? Well, first, 
Acknowledge that true wisdom comes only from God. Reject the world system we're living in and adopt our Christian worldview and determine that you're going to stand in that stream of wisdom. Second, establish a spiritual foundation. Become a Christian, pray often for wisdom, and then take the Bible in through Bible reading and Bible study and let it shape your life and help you understand how God is speaking so that you might then speak into complex situations. Particularly, reading the book of Proverbs and the Gospels will help you to develop wisdom from Scripture. Now, a third step you can take is to learn from wise people. There are several characteristics categories of wise people that the Bible either mentions or alludes to that would be helpful. First, uh, learn from your parents. Now you may say, well, my parents weren't Christians or my parents didn't really follow God. Well, that may be true, but they're still your parents. And the Bible speaks time and time again about the importance of listening to fathers and mothers and learning from them. You can learn wisdom from your parents from both their positive and negative examples. So pay attention to your parents. Learn from them the things they did well. Learn from the mistakes they made. Learn as you observe them up close and personal so that you might follow their example that leads to success and avoid the mistakes that lead to failure. You can learn from your parents, whether they're Christians or not, whether they're always right or not, you can learn from them because these are people that you know intimately, know well, and have observed their life very closely, and you can learn from it in all dimensions. Another way to learn from wise people is to learn from biblical characters. For example, Solomon was described as the wisest man on the earth, and so why wouldn't you want to learn everything you could about Solomon, reading about him? There are other biblical characters that are described as wise, specifically Jesus, Ezra, Joshua, David, Stephen, Joseph, uh, Paul. All of these men are described in the Bible. Specifically, it says they were wise. And so you can learn from studying people in the scripture that had wisdom or were described as being wise. Learn from their lives, the mistakes they made, the strengths they had, the successes they achieved. Learn from them and you can gain wisdom. Another way to gain wisdom is by learning from historical figures or historical characters. And you may say, well, uh, does the Bible say to do this? Not in so many words, but the Bible's full of characters, and the New Testament says that the Old Testament, for example, was given to us as an example of how to live a life committed to God or how to live a life of faith. And so you can look at the history of how God has worked with his people, and you can learn uh, from that history uh, about how to make wise decisions or wise choices. And not just looking at biblical history, although that's very significant, you can also just look at historical figures who've made a significant significant difference. I mean, there are people who have changed our world by the decisions they've made, by the choices they've made, and some of these have been for the good, and some of these have been off obviously for the bad. You can study historical figures, historical characters, and you can learn from them how to be more wise. And then public figures, people that you admire, people that you look up to, uh, learn about their lives as well uh, by reading about them, studying their biographies, listening to them speak, following them on, 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 uh, on social media, learning from them, and seeing how they interface with life as well. And then one last category are friends that you admire. Uh, these are relationships you cultivate with people that you know have wisdom and that you want to learn from. Uh, I've had some men in my life that were like this that profoundly influenced me. I think about one time I was facing a situation when I was trying to buy a house, and I, I called one of these men, and I said, here's the situation I'm facing, and I don't know what to do. And he said, get away from that deal as fast as possible. 
And I did because I knew that he had bought and sold a lot more property than I had and had a lot more wisdom than I did about these issues. And he saw something that I didn't fully understand that was actually illegal that I was being asked to do. And I got away from that deal as quickly as I could. And I look back and thank God that I was spared that financial disaster. Then another time I was trying to buy another house and uh, we came down to a situation where the, there was a counter offer and I was asked to come up with a little more money. And I thought, really, should I do that? So I called another mentor and I said, hey, I'm facing this situation and they want a thousand more dollars. And he said, do you have a thousand dollars? I said, yes. He said, well, then give it to them. Buy the house. You'll never regret it. Well, I did that. Ten years later, that house had appreciated by over a hundred thousand dollars. He knew because of his real estate background that I was buying into a really good market and that I was likely going to have some significant gain and that I would never worry about $1,000 in the future, although at the time it seemed like all the money in the world. So my point is that when you, when you call on people with wisdom and you observe their lives and you want to emulate them and you ask them for input, uh, it's amazing how God can use them to shape you in areas where they have experience and they have judge, good judgment, where, where they're able to see what is the right thing to do, where up close you just can't see it, they see it oh so much better. And by their perspective, you can gain wisdom. So learn from wise people. Your parents, both good and bad examples, and then biblical characters, historical figures, both in Bible and outside the Bible, public figures that you can follow and learn from, that you admire, that you respect, who make good decisions. And then finally, friends that you cultivate, relationships, people that are around you that you know have great wisdom about life and that you can draw from them what you need to do on a daily basis. So how to grow in wisdom? Well, Acknowledge that true wisdom comes only from God. Establish a spiritual foundation in your life that includes your conversion, prayer, and the Word of God. And then learn from wise people the kinds of categories that I've just described. My friend asked a number, or said a number of years ago, you either have wisdom or you don't. I leaned back in my chair and I thought, I'm not sure I agree with that. I asked the question, can a person grow in wisdom? And I went to the Bible to try to find the answer, and I found an overwhelming case that can be made. It is possible to grow in wisdom. So, while the most common prayer that many leaders pray is, Lord, give me wisdom, I'm challenging you to take concrete steps to become the answer to your own prayer. Affirm, acknowledge that true wisdom comes only from God. Establish and grow a spiritual foundation that, lead, that, that, that grows wisdom in your life. And then... Pay attention to other people who've made wise decisions, and in some cases, unwise decisions. But pay attention to people around you, people in Scripture, people in history, people you cultivate relationships with so that you might be able to draw from them the wisdom they have. It's possible to grow in wisdom. You need to do that if you're going to lead on.